I wonder, what is your take on baptism? Today I want to talk to you about a believer's baptism. Some haven't been baptized since trusting in Jesus. And I want to convince you from the Bible that you should be. Some need to trust in Jesus and then be baptized. And finally, the rest need to be reminded of these things. You see, all reminders are good. It was when the people of Israel forgot God and what he had done for them that they murmured and dishonored God and wandered into idolatry, bringing God's judgment upon them. So for many, I wanted to do what Peter did in his second letter, stir you up by a way of reminder. Now, there are basically three dominant viewpoints on baptism. One is baptismal regeneration, held mostly by the Roman Catholics. This view believes that one is infused with the grace of regeneration through baptism. In other words, they believe that baptism saves. They believe that when someone has been sprinkled with water, they are saved. Now, they also believe that you can lose your salvation. But nevertheless, baptism in the Catholic religion is a saving act. I have to say there is nothing in the Bible that supports this view. But sadly, many rely on the fact they are good with God because they were baptized as a child in the Catholic Church. The second view of baptism is a Protestant variant called pedo-baptism. Pedo coming from the Greek word for infant. Anglican, Lutheran, Presbyterian, and Methodists adopt this. It doesn't say, but it's rather performed on children or believing parents as a covenantal sign, much like circumcision was for the Jews under the old covenant. This is done in the hope that the child will grow and trust in Christ later. But I think a straightforward reading of the New Testament tells us differently. The third dominant view is the one that I want to make a case for this morning. Believer's baptism. That is what we believe at Amesbury Baptist Church. So I want to make a statement about baptism, and then I want to unpack its principal parts. Baptism is a command given by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, by which those who have repented and come to faith symbolically show their union with Christ unto his death and resurrection. By immersion, in water, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a sign belonging to the people of God, the church, and a public identification with Jesus Christ. Baptism is a command by Jesus Christ. Jesus gave two ceremonial ordinances, commands for the church. An ordinance is an authoritative order. Jesus gave us the Lord's Supper and baptism. The Lord's Supper was instituted on the night before Jesus was crucified. The Lord's Supper is a reactment of the last supper Jesus had with the disciples in remembrance of his death 
Baptism is the other ordinance given by Jesus. Upon his resurrection, he called his disciples to himself, and prior to ascending in heaven, instructed them that they make disciples and baptize them. We just heard that in Matthew 28. So the reason Christians have always baptized believers is because Jesus commands us to do so. And the early church took this command seriously as they went preaching the gospel and baptizing believers everywhere. The first sermon Peter preached ended with a call to repent and be baptized. Baptism is an ordinance, command given by Christ. Baptism is for believers of Christ, followers of Christ, or disciples of Christ. This is the constant testimony in the New Testament. There's a great irony in our day today that many unbelievers have been baptized as infants. And many true Christians, true believers, have not been baptized since they believed. The place to start is with the words of Jesus in what is known in the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptize who? Well, the disciples who are being made. Preach the gospel, call people to follow Jesus, and then baptize them. We see this pattern of baptizing those who believe the message of the gospel throughout the early church. But I want you to see the connection between believing and baptism. It's important. Acts 2, 37 to 38 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then notice what happens next. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. So I think the word receive in this context means to believe. Those who received with faith the message Peter preached were baptized. We see this pattern over and over throughout the New Testament. Continuing with Acts, Acts chapter 8, Philip preached the gospel to an Ethiopian man. After hearing, he said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Acts 9, Saul, after three days, after his conversion on the Damascus road, was baptized. Acts 10, <coughs> after being converted, Peter ordered the new Gentile believers to be baptized. Acts 16, two households, Lydia and the jailer, heard the gospel and were baptized. Acts 18, many Corinthians, when they heard, were believing and being baptized. Conversely, there is no example at all of babies or anyone who didn't have a conscious faith being baptized in the New Testament. With this consistent testimony, 
someone may ask, is baptism necessary? My answer would be, well, no, but yes. Not for salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2. Baptism is a ceremony that a saved person participates in. But baptism is necessary to be obedient to Christ. So have you been baptized since you believed? Perhaps another question that may come up is, what about children? Well, of course, children can repent and believe in Jesus. But how should a parent wisely navigate this? You know, I don't think it has to be too mysterious. You would know if your child has an understanding and belief in the basics of the gospel. And you would know if they show evidence of a new life, not perfection. If there is a true desire to follow Jesus as a disciple, use wisdom. So baptism is for those who have repented and believed in Jesus Christ. Baptism is by immersion. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, we go to the words of Christ in Matthew 28. Baptizing disciples in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the mode of baptism is by immersion in water. I get that from the word baptize means. The Greek word baptizo means to immerse or dip or submerge. The idea of baptism, baptizing by sprinkling of water on someone or pouring from a jug onto someone's head is foreign to what the word means and foreign to the biblical record. I say again, baptism is by immersion in water. The New Testament also shows that baptism was done by immersion in water. I'm going to give you three quick examples. John the Baptist baptized at Anon near Salim because water was plentiful there. It was when Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him. Philip and the Ethiopian, in Acts 8, they both went down into the water and came up out of the water. Philip didn't take a water jug that was most certain to have been in the chariot to sprinkle or pour on a newly converted man. So baptism is by immersion. It is also in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember, God is Trinity. One God, three persons. And so baptism would naturally be in the triune name of God, the Father, and of the Holy Spirit. This is a declaration that we now belong to God and that our salvation is according to the will of each of the persons of the Trinity. The Father sent the Son on a redeeming mission. The Son came to redeem. The Holy Spirit applies redemption to us. So the mode of baptism is immersion in water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
But baptism is also a symbol of our union with Christ by faith. Baptism is an external ceremony, a symbol that points to a spiritual reality. It's a dramatization of what happens when you are born again. Specifically, it is a sign of our union with Christ and his death and resurrection. The sign is important. But what it points to is more important. Like a wedding ring. A wedding ring does not make a husband and wife married. It symbolizes a covenant of the marriage. You see, Jesus died and suffered on a cross in our place for our sins and rose again. Yes, this is true. But the Bible not only teaches us that, but that we who are Christians have died with him and we have been raised with him. When does this happen? Not when we are dunked into water in baptism, but when we are saved in faith through Christ Jesus. And it is dramatized in the ceremony of baptism. Romans 6 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. These verses are not talking about the external act of baptism, but rather the spiritual reality behind and underneath baptism. When you come to faith in Christ, you are spiritually united with him, to him, in his death and resurrection. Here is why it's important. The old nature you got from Adam, which is full of unbelief and loves sin, and it needs to die. And you need a new resurrection life. Charles Spurgeon said, You are so one with Jesus that you must regard his death as your death, his sufferings as the chastisement of your peace. You have died in the death of Jesus, and now by strange, mysterious grace, you are brought up again from the pit of corruption into newness of life. His death means your death. Death to sin. And his resurrection means your resurrection to a new life with new desires for God and holiness and new capacities to love and to live for him. Salvation is not adding Jesus to your life. Salvation is being immersed into Christ by faith. And baptism by immersion in water is a symbol of immersion with Christ. Someone, Louise, goes down into the water symbolizing union with Christ in his death and burial. The one comes up out of the water symbolizing union with Christ in his resurrection. The old self has been crucified and buried with Christ, and we have been raised to a new way of life. Which is why it is astonishing to Paul that even the thought of continuing to sin like before, he says, 
Shall we continue to sin so grace may abound? He asks. No way. God forbid. How can we who die to sin still live in it? So baptism demonstrates a sign of this union with Christ in his death and resurrection that we have by faith. Baptism is publicly identifying with Christ and his people. When we realize the meaning of baptism, then the reason why we are told to be baptized becomes clear. If we have been so united with Christ so that our old life, our old self of unbelief is put to the grave, and we are raised to the newness of life in Christ, then baptism is how one goes public with the confession. I am done with my old life. I am with him now. And I am with them. Not to say, but in a loving obedience to God, because he has saved us. In this way, baptism is like a public act stating that you are leaving the old self in, the, in your old life in the grave and you're committing to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Baptism communicates that Christ has saved me and I am with him all the way. I'm following Christ, not my own heart. I'm following Christ, even if it seems no one else is. I'm turning my back on the world with all its pleasures and desires to follow the one who bled and died for me on the cross. This is important. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 10. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I shall also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Baptism is publicly identifying with Jesus Christ and his people. It proclaims, I am with him and them. Have you been baptized since you believed in Christ? If you haven't and are not planning to, why not? People who have believed for a while, you may have been growing in Christ for five years, and they, you are now realizing that Christ is calling you to be baptized. That's great. Don't delay any longer. I urge you out of loving obedience to Christ to be baptized. And to those who have been baptized, remember the reality of baptism, the symbol of your union with Christ. And let your hearts be renewed for a new zeal to follow and serve him. And let your zeal be stirred to publicly identify with him as Louise did this morning. Amen.